2: Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured...
3: And
1: here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for being here five days away from the 2022 midterm elections. The deciding factor whether or not we will save this country is only five days away. This is the time where we reflect. Most of the campaigning's over. I mean, it's not, but you have to go until the end. But this is the time where us, who we aren't involved in campaigns, we aren't on the ground every day knocking doors as I was in 2020, reflect on the campaign that's been ran by candidates in your state, candidates nationwide, candidates for Senate, House, local, government, whatever they may be running. And we put in our final bids as to who we believe will win and our predictions and our estimations. And then on November 8th, people get out and vote. This is the final program before the 2022 midterm elections as I will be taking next. Actually, this will be the last program, even if I wasn't taking next Monday off. But I will be next Monday, not behind the golden. I wish it was a golden microphone like Rush Limbaugh, but behind this microphone because I will be in the beautiful Vandalia, Ohio for the Trump rally um, with many great speakers. We'll talk about those later. But I want to reflect not only on the campaign that's been ran this year, but also November 3rd, 2020, the anniversary of our stolen democracy. If we believe that America is a democracy, which I never thought America was a democracy, but if we believed it was, that changed November 3rd. That changed when some unknown figure ordered people in multiple different states, Nevada, Georgia, to stop counting ballots on election night. That happened when we saw the suitcases of ballots coming out from underneath the seats or underneath the tables um, and being opened up and counted. That's when we see on the graph of who's winning each state a big blue spike just surpassing Donald Trump. For Joe Biden. When we see. Hundreds and hundreds of of thousands and millions and millions of ballots. Being mailed in. Being planted in drop boxes. When we see at least 2,000 people. In five states going to at least 10 drop boxes. At least five times. That's when we see. Our democracy. eroded. When is the last time America had a fair election? I don't know. Probably 2016, period. Because, frankly, folks, I don't believe any election's been fair. We we completely overrid the polls in, 20, in 2016 for Donald Trump. Everyone loved Donald Trump. He was a man of the people, as he still is. And he overcame their fraud. And they worked even harder in 2020 had their allies deploy a virus, moved entirely mail-in voting in, in many states. And we believe the ballot box wasn't stuffed. I believe it was. We, we can't have an American democracy. We can't have a, a country with a democratic republic style of government as we reportedly have, as, as every leftist likes to claim we have. We can't have that. If our elections are not fair, if our elections are not secure, when in American history has someone said maybe this election wasn't 100 percent correct and the opposing side said this is the most free and fair election in American history. And if you question it, you're a traitor to the, to the country. When has it ever happened in history? Plot twist, it hasn't. In 2016, we allowed them to contest the results. In 2004, and 2000, we allowed them to contest the results, as Democrats have for the last 20 years with elections. Contested and contested and contested and contested, trying to get their unelected Democrat in power. But when the first time we have Secretary of State changing election laws on a whim, which they don't have the constitutional right to do, the first time we see mass mail-in voting with every person casting a ballot from their home, from their living room, from their kitchen table, From the first time we see caucuses even using apps to cast ballots like they did in Iowa. That is when we question and we truly wonder, is our country free and fair? Are our elections free and fair? Was the election fair? But if you question that, you're a traitor to democracy. You're a traitor to America. You hate this country. Do you believe that? Does that represent your values? Does the Speaker of the House and the President-elect at that time supposedly going on national television saying if you question these results you're anti-American because more Americans voted for me and, and that's not even how our country works. So I question. And we're not, we're not allowed to do that anymore. I question our democracy. I question the ruling class and who decides these laws. I question the judges who are Democrats and in power with a political party who don't rule on these fair cases. I question a lot. And I question the fact that one man, one elected member of the U.S. government, made them so angry because he stirred up a revolution that they would overthrow their, their laws, overthrow their precedent, overthrow everything they can to make sure he loses. That has never happened before in modern American history. I mean, in 2016, I think it was 20-some Democrats got up on the on congressional floor and said, we stand against this racist, misogynist man that's a woman hater. From being elected president of the United States. We object as the electoral college. Because we have that right. And Joe Biden. Being the. President. or The vice president. The president of the Senate. Did the right thing. Because there was no bounds. We've seen what the audits brought. We've seen the evidence presented in 2000 mules. We've seen everything presented. To the American people. In a public open open space the Cyber Symposium from Mike Lindell, everything he's been doing. We've seen this happen. We've even heard the president of the United States in his own words. We
2: have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.
1: So I don't think I'm a democracy hater, an America hater, someone who hates this country. If I want to question the rights and how our election was actually ran, if I want to question the way the most important election of our lifetime at that point has been ran, I saw the ground game. I was on the ground every weekend and even sometimes during the week, making sure that this man was reelected, knocking on doors, making phone calls, going to launch events. I was on the ground. They were polling that Biden was winning the state of Ohio by two points and and Trump won by eight. That's how the ground game truly affects things. Biden had no ground game whatsoever. No events. People sitting in circles at a a high school auditorium doesn't do anything. So I, I, I truly do question why we're not allowed to question. Question everything. I don't believe the 2020 election was free and fair, and I don't believe that I have to believe the 2020 election was free and fair. And our government shouldn't come out publicly as an official stance from the U.S. government and saying, if you question the stance of an election, if you question the legitimacy of an election, you are a traitor to this country. You are anti-American. Remember that two years ago was the true insurrection. November 3rd, 2020 was the true insurrection where an an election was stolen from the greatest president of my lifetime and many of yours, Donald J. Trump. The rightful president is traveling the state. Tonight he's doing a rally in Iowa. He's doing a rally in Florida and Pennsylvania. uh, Pennsylvania tomorrow, I believe. Florida on Saturday or Sunday. And then Monday, he's coming back to the beautiful state of Ohio where everything started, everything happened on the ground. As Ohio goes, so goes the nation. And as our democracy goes, and as our right to vote goes, and as our stolen elections happen, so goes our nation. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Feature Radio Network. Thank you for being with us today. As we are doing your last midterm coverage for the 2022 midterms before you go and vote, talking about plenty of states, talking also about immigration. Because the reason Paul Pelosi was knocked in the head and put in the hospital is because of immigration and Biden's terrible immigration policy. Also, Don Lemon's going to be talked about uh, the White Lives Matter trademark if we get to that. Ocasio-Cortez and then straight into the elections. My name is J.P. Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader Red Feature Radio Network, the American Perspective, America's US, And stay tuned.
0: You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader.
1: Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. Some breaking news as we sit behind the microphone today. Uh, Paul Pelosi is out of the hospital. He was no longer within the the reins of, of the medical center he was being treated at. So the man accused of attacking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer is a Canadian citizen who was in the United States illegally and is facing possible deportation after his criminal cases are resolved, the Department of Homeland Security said Wednesday. He's a Canadian citizen. uh, David DePape, he is in the United States illegally. So this isn't a case of the southern border. This isn't a case of of down south. But it's still Biden's relaxed stance on immigration. His relaxed stance on making sure that the people being in this country and, and getting into this country are... Americans, our citizens, our people of this country. <laughs> that, that's just evidence of that. Uh, relatives withhold the media that De Pape grew up in British Columbia, Canada's west, westernmost providence, but its trajectory to Northern California has remained a mystery. Federal records show that De Pape entered the United States legally on March 8, 2008 via Mexico. Oh, wait a second, I didn't read this part yet. Via Mexico in 2008. That was actually George Bush. He crossed the San Ysidro, I don't know how to pronounce that word, point of entry, an official border crossing that links the San Diego County with Tijuana. Canadians traveling for business or pleasure generally do not require visas, and he was admitted as a temporary visitor traveling for pleasure, DHS said. Canadians admitted for pleasure are generally only permitted to stay up to six months. DHS did not say precisely when De Pape's permission to stay in the United States expired. So this shows... That is not always about party, not always about who is in the White House right now. But the globalist neocon policies of George Bush put this in place and caused this man to get into the the United States of America. Let me find this tweet again from Seth Dillon. A wall is ineffective, expensive, and immoral, said Nancy Pelosi. That was a quote. Just I, I wanted to put that out there as we are. Hopping into this episode where he is out of the hospital, good for him, glad he, glad he recovered. But he was in here illegally. And they say illegal aliens aren't dangerous and we need to let them vote. Ohio issue 2, just another reminder of that. Those people will be able to vote in your elections if you don't pass issue 2. Vote yes. So Don Lemon, let's hop into this for a minute. Don Lemon is the new host or co-host of CNN This Morning their version of Fox and Friends or someone rivaling Fox and Friends after his primetime show was canceled. It's post, uh, hosted by Don Lemon, Poppy Harlow, and Caitlin Collins, and it bombed. Despite heavy promotion from the network, CNN this morning's first show grew a mere 387,000 viewers and averaged 71,000 viewers, and its advisor, advertiser coveted a 2554 age demographic, according to Nielsen's ratings. By comparison, Morning Joe on MSNBC, the supposedly smaller network, amassed 793,000 totals. A total, Fox and Friends received 1.5 million viewers. No show across CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News ranked lower than Lemon's program on Tuesday. The program was pitched as a left-leaning network's re-entry into the competitive morning show landscape and was heralded by Lemon as a promotion amid reports they was being demoted. The anchor had been moved from his now-canceled 10 p.m. primetime show to share the spotlight with two other hosts. He's sticking through it, isn't he? I mean, he was the primetime host for years, and he's sticking through to be a morning show host with two other people that no one cares about. So, um, yeah, so so it couldn't even match the host or the, the show that was formerly in that time slot, New Day, Averaged four hundred and four thousand viewers in October. There's not a morning show on television today that was a rating success on day one. Reporting on ratings failures of success of an entirely new program after a single day is absurd and cheap," said a spokesman from CNN. No, it's not. I mean, you're advertising this show all the time on your network. You're you're publishing it everywhere, and you're, this gay man's been promoting it for probably two months now. And, and oh, but it's cheap. To report on it now. I mean, they had Hillary Clinton on, for goodness sakes, and they couldn't drive 400,000 people. All right. So I just want to bring into that uh, just a minute. I want to really get into this story. White Lives Matter trademark, which Kanye West used on a T-shirt. He had a White Lives Matter shirt with Candace Owens. Uh, they said that he owns the trademark and others can't sell T-shirts off of it. I want to play this clip here. It's about two minutes long.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um... There's a funny story. The uh, federal trademark for White Lives Matter uh, is not owned by Kanye West. Uh, At present, it is owned by Civic Cipher LLC. And Civic Cipher is? Us, me and Q. Yes. Um, How did that happen? So, yeah. So let me tell you. So there's there's an individual who uh, is based in Arizona that had the foresight to Procure the trademarks, the federal trademarks for the benefit of black and brown people um, so that other folks wouldn't profit off of it. Um, And this person knows about what you and I are doing. Uh, This person trademarked uh, White Lives Matter and submitted the application for All Lives Matter as well. So we're still chasing that one up. But White Lives Matter has come back um to and to civic us. right right wow. and uh it has since been well it was originally filed in that person's name has been since reassigned to us so actually we just got the receipt from our lawyer today uh so shout out to Morris for taking care of that for us but uh, but yeah um civic cipher llc so we are the holder of the federal trademark for White Lives. and United. what would that mean so that interest you so well, that means that it. the only person who can profit off of it not make shirts because right. you can make a shirt and wear it and that's your right as an as an american citizen but if you want to sell that shirt you either have to come knock on my door or you have to face morris my lawyer mm-hmm. who is um the person that helps me protect that
1: brand and so that is a radio host nationally syndicated uh, civic cipher uh, that's the show name and the people who own it on that show who own the trademark so it doesn't it's not used to Hurt black people more. Now, I don't know how making a statement is able to hurt someone. When BLM was trending nationwide, we said, well, all lives matter. Well, just because black lives matter doesn't mean your life matters any less. Okay, white lives matter. You're hurting black people. So that's why he trademarked it was to make sure it can't be used to hate black people anymore, so... If Kanye West wanted to use that that name, that phrase, White Lives Matter, on a T-shirt, which I don't see him selling T-shirts that say that on it because I don't think anyone would be seen wearing one in today's climate. Um, you're going to have to go to these two people I've never heard of before. So, okay. If that story's even true, if he does actually own that trademark, oh, for the three people that wanted to sell that shirt, sorry, you have to go meet that guy. Um, once again, I don't think anyone cares. But it's kind of interesting. Um, liberal heads expu- exploded after Yee joined by outspoken conservative host Candace Owens was seen wearing White Lives Matter t-shirts at an impromptu Yeezy fashion show in Paris early October uh, he sat down with uh, Tucker Carlson is kind of degraded from there um, that's about it so so nothing's stopping him from making the shirt Nothing stopping them from promoting the shirt wearing the shirt uh, showing to people that he has the shirt showing people that that's the phrase he wants to say and nothing, frankly, should show, and should stop anyone from saying any phrase. The left is stopping, uh, ye, Kanye West, from promoting on or posting on social media, uh, whatever he says on on any pl- platform. He stopped on Instagram. He stopped on Twitter. He stopped on, um, I believe, Facebook even, which Facebook is pretty much Twitter. So yeah, it, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, there's a lot going on with Elon Musk, or and Yee. hes now the owner of Parler, Elon Musk on Twitter. But but that's just where we stand. Where where he can't wear a shirt because he it says something controversial on it, which whatever you can you can believe what you want to believe about that shirt and what it says. I don't completely agree with it. I believe every lives every life matters. I don't care. But you know, that's where we stand, and these people want to make sure that, um. Ye knows that that's their trademark, and if if they didn't want this shirt made, why would they make that public? It's pretty easy for um ye to just not sell the shirt. It's pretty easy for them to just keep that quiet. If ye wanted to sell the shirt, and he sold the shirt that said "White Lives Matter," they'd make a bank from that. They'd have such a lawsuit. They'd probably make millions and millions and millions of dollars off that. So, what's it for, really? Why they make sure that he knew that they could go talk to him if they wanted to sell the shirt? Just, just kind of an interesting tidbit of information. All right. When we return, did you know that Biden had a speech last night? Yeah, I me mean, neither. And I'm in this. I'm in this industry pretty deep, and I forgot about the speech until this morning. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Pennsylvania Supreme Court is not counting out dated ballots or undated ballots. Ten U.S. Senate seats are likely to flip in 2022, according to CNN. Let's talk about those. Masters is prepared to be a thorn in the side of McConnell when elected to the Senate in Arizona. And Tim Ryan on Democrats who refuse to debate ahead of the midterms. We'll talk about those as well. Plus the Trump rally in Dayton, the lineup, the speakers, everything like that. Very excited to talk about that. When we return, Red Feature Radio Network, GOP Josh, stay right here. Catch you on the other side of this big ad break.
0: (laughs) You're listening to the Conservative Crusader.
1: Hey, everyone. It's GOP Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash GOP Josh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected. But anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader.
2: This is the Conservative Crusader.
1: But we thank you for being here, Red Future Radio. So... Biden had a speech last night, if you knew that. I, I forgot about that. It was a very unplanned speech where he didn't even speak in front of the presidential podium, by the way. Um, this is a kind of a, an introduction. I think it's a newsletter from CBS or NBC. If it's Thursday, President Biden calls the midterms a defining moment for democracy amid threats of political violence. Barack Obama campaigning. in a res- Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a morning show. It's, it's the opening of today. Let, let's let's listen to this left-leaning clip from to, today if we can get that clip. Can we get that clip? I tap to unmute, and it's just—oh, that's how it rewinds. It's a very goofy player. All right, let's get this clip from today.
2: On defense in the final midterm push, President Biden sharpening his closing message overnight. Democracy is in the ballot for all of us focusing on voter intimidation, political violence, and those who won't commit to accepting election results. We the people must decide whether the rule of law will prevail, or whether we will allow the dark forces to thirst, to thirst for power. Put ahead of the principles that we've long guided us. Mr. Biden framed his speech around the brutal, politically motivated attack on Paul Pelosi, husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, denouncing those who have joked or spread false information about it.
1: We must, with an overwhelming voice, stand together.
2: We're going to continue to focus on pocketbook and issues. Somehow
1: fast forwarded right away. OK, so that I guess that's an ending to it. If you wanted to hear a little bit about that speech from NBC News. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I don't care what Biden has to say as his closing remarks before the election on November 8th. Because Americans don't. Let me go to the uh, Wake Up Right newsletter from today, which is my favorite source of information, if I'm being completely honest. It's a great newsletter. I'm not, I'm not sponsored. People always say, you're sponsored by this newsletter. No, I'm not. I wish I was, actually. It's a phenomenal newsletter, and I promote it every single day if I had time on this program. But they talked about what he didn't say. He did not mention crime, which is the number two issue for a lot of Americans, the number two uh, overall. Inflation, which is number one. Gas prices, education, the border, the drug crisis. He didn't mention any of that during his speech. He's worried that Republicans won't accept election results. That's the only thing he's worried about. In his small little mind, his small little world, that's the only problem. The Washington elites, the people who have been in Washington for 20 years or 40 years or 60 years or 80 years or 120 years, how many years he thinks he's been in there, are so out of touch touch with the, with the average person, with what actually affects you, crime, inflation, gas prices, the border, stuff that actually affects everyday Americans. They don't care. And that goes for people on both sides of the aisle, by the way. Liz Cheney, supposedly a Republican, doesn't care either. Because there was a possibility that their fraud would have been stopped. There's a possibility that Republicans would have gotten in there and said, we're not standing for this election fraud. We know this election was stolen and we're taking this country back. That could have possibly happened. That could have been a possibility. And it makes Biden fear that. He knows why we have a second amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Not that we should use it right now, but there's a reason we have it. I pull out our Hillsdale College document I talk about all the time that I keep right next to me. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Being necessary to the security of a free state. And it's more necessary now than ever. He had a 20-minute speech last night where he wasn't behind the presidential podium, by the way, which I think is very weird. But he was talking about how Republicans are going to steal elections nationwide. Kerry Lake's not going to concede. He didn't say names, but Kerry Lake's not going to concede. Blake Masters isn't going to concede. J.D. Vance isn't going to concede. Um, Doug Masturone is not, not going to concede. Um, Dr. Ross isn't going to concede. All these far-extreme right-wing extremists aren't, aren't going to concede if they lose their election. That's the biggest fear for Washington. That's the biggest problem for the people in Washington today. For Joe Biden. For Nancy Pelosi. For Chuck Schumer. Well, Nancy Pelosi has more problems, but... For Chuck Schumer, for AOC, the biggest problem is that Republicans who lost their elections, if they lose their election, which I don't believe any of the names I named off were going to lose, if they lose their elections, they won't concede. It's not a problem when Stacey Abrams doesn't do it. It's not a problem when Hillary Clinton doesn't do it. It's not a problem when Hillary Clinton goes until the day of November 3rd, 2020, on national television And says the 2016 election was stolen because of Russia and misinformation. She says that to this day, not publicly because it's fraud now. But she thinks that to this day that the election was stolen from her. Because someone didn't go up the ranks of the political aisle and go up the the, the average standing to get to the point of running for president. He just ran for president and he did it and he ran this country like a boss. Ran it like a company, not a country as it should have been ran from day one, as it was ran from day one. That's the biggest fear of them, is that more patriotic Americans like Harry Lake, like Blake Masters, like Donald Trump, are going to get into D.C., into the seats, into the positions of governor, of senate, a uh, senator, of house member, and tear down their regime one by one. That's their biggest fear. And Biden will go on national television in prime time, And say that publicly. He doesn't care about the issues that affect you. He doesn't care that you can't afford to put gas in your car to go to work. He doesn't care that you can't afford child care. You can't afford food. People are, I think I said 9 out of 10 Americans are skipping meals. They don't care about that. Because it doesn't affect them. The true 1% are not the 1% most wealthy. It's the 1% in Washington with the insider trader secrets to, to get them to the 1% most wealthy. That's the true 1%. And it's despicable and disgusting that the 46th president of the United States, president in quote, air quotes, is taking the time to go out there and actually speak to the American people about democracy. Not about gas prices, not about crime, not about inflation, not about education, the border, fentanyl. That's not their priority. Their priority isn't working for you. It's working for their pocketbooks, working for their special interests, and working for who signs the front of their paychecks. Good news. We have some good news here before we hop into some specific races. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has decided to not count undated ballots. Um, we were just days away from the midterm elections, and the big question will be which party gets control of Congress. That answer might not come on election night because of how close some races are in swing states like Pennsylvania. The Senate race between Dr. Mehmet Oz and State Democrat Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman is one of the tightest races in the nation. Um, Latest polling comes out to uh, Oz having 41% of independents. Because of how close this race is, it's likely that every single vote would need to be counted for the winner to be clear. The state is already warning voters we probably won't know the full result on Tuesday night that doesn't mean there is any wrongdoing behind the scenes. I contradict that information. Um, Pens- or, uh, Fox News, I don't agree with you. The act- acting Secretary of State of Pennsylvania is Leah Chapman. She said the delay is related to state rules that don't allow mail-in ballots to be pre-processed until 7 a.m. Al- 7 a.m. on Election Day. The majority of Pennsylvania's 67 county should have the results tabulated on election night. The closer races between Oz and Fetterman, the more eligible voters received after Election Day, such as overseas military ballots, will need to be counted. Um, So this is all about their information here. Undated mail-in ballots have been the center of a legal battle in Pennsylvania between Democrats and Republicans. After the RNC filed a lawsuit, the state Supreme Court ruled Thursday that these these ballots should not be counted in the upcoming election. Where it looks like we are now is that we'll have those ballots that are undated and we are easily able to segregate them out and we can have the results with those included or we can submit those results without and follow the court's guidance from there, Drazer uh, Dreiser said. Uh, I don't exactly know what her name is or who that is. Um, the Supreme Court said election officials are to set aside and preserve those votes. They should be counted if federal litigation reverses the decision after the election requiring those votes to be counted. This is something that changed in 2020, where the left said that every ballot received can be counted, whether or not it's dated, whether or not it's signed, whether or not it's following the law, because we have to make sure Biden gets in there and our in- unpaid interns might have slipped through the cracks every now and again. But but yeah, that's their priority, is making sure every ballot, whether legal or illegal, can be counted. And, and so I'm proud of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court for doing this. Um, stopping these illegal ballots from being counted. That's what we like to see here in America, where men are free.
0: You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hi, I'm Joseph Pausch, CEO of Hydro Communications and the American Perspective. The American Perspective is a new, trustworthy news and opinion organization with the information that you crave. You should visit americasperspective.us to read the news, our analysis, and watch our great lineup of talk shows. Again, that's americasperspective.us, and I'll see you there. This is The Conservative Crusader.
1: We're going through the top 10 Senate seats most likely to flip. Welcome back. This is the conservative crusader on number 10. The least likely out of the 10 is Colorado, where we have anti-Trump Joe D running and and hopefully maybe winning. I mean, I'm not entirely excited that he would um, be in the Senate for a long time. He'd probably make it six years, but there's a good chance uh, Michael Bennett's out of there and he wouldn't be a bad person to replace Even if uh, Joe O.D. is only like 30% better, 30% is is 30%. So our uh, Coloradians listening, get out and vote for Joe O.D. Number nine is Florida, where Marco Rubio is not going to lose. I mean, if that's their number nine, uh, Michael Bennett should be like four. I mean, let's be honest. Trump's going to Florida. And I want to talk about that a little bit too while we're on this state. He's going to Florida he has released the list of who is going to be stumping with him. Who's going to be at the event stumping with him and, and being with him on stage and speaking. And something's very notable about that. Something's very notable about this list of who's going to be there. And it's actually who's not going to be there. So let me pull up this list here because I brought it up just for the program today. We're, we're, we're prepared today. No Googling if possible. And we have Mr. Corey Mills. Uh, Miss Anna Polina Luna, the chairman of the Republican Party of Florida, Joe Grutters, Mayor Steve Bovo, uh, Representative Carlos, Carlos Gimenez, Representative Brian Donalds, uh, Kat Kamek, Michael Waltz, Matt Gates, Vern Buchanan, Mario Diaz Ballart, Senator Rick Scott and Senator Marco Rubio. And that is the entire list. We're missing someone notable from Florida. Ron DeSantis will not be there. And I think this has something to do with something that the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, posted on Truth Social. He posts on Truth Social a lot. So it's hard to find exactly what he was talking about, but we have it here for you, folks. Um, Because, frankly, it needs to be said. Where he's pretty much affirming that he's going to run against, in 2024... And he knows DeSantis is going to run against him. Uh, so, so we have this here. I want to be completely honest. I do not. Have. Oh, here it is. I have it. I'm kidding. I am so looking forward to beginning the battle. Make America great again. And, and Trump put that on Truth Social yesterday. The, here it is. The poll tracker. 2024 National Republican primary poll has Trump at 71, DeSantis at 10. So he's not going to stump for DeSantis. He's not going to stop DeSantis. He's not going to help DeSantis in any way because he has to take him down before he can take him down. So uh, he's not going to be there in Florida with the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, at the rally. Number eight is Ohio. I'm glad to see Ohio this low where where Trump is going to, or where it's going to win and uh, J.D. Vance is going to get in there. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. Number seven is New Hampshire. And Don Bolduck, is, is doing well in this race. He, he's polling good. He's polling right up there within the margin of error in pretty much every single poll. I'd like to see him flip this seat. He's a good conservative. He's not stupid. He's a smart conservative. He does what needs to be said and o- what needs to be said only. And this is the first time 538's uh, poll, their their model, has pretty much showed the same for the lowest, the light version. Election Day based on polls alone, polls, fundraising, past voting patterns, and deluxe all say the same. He has a 27% chance of winning. And most of those are just within very like 50% margin, 50 to 51%. That's all he's going to get. And I don't care if that's all he has the chance of winning. He's going to win. Number six is North Carolina. That's not going to flip. I mean, Ted Budd's going to win by probably 10 or 15 points. Uh, Arizona is going to be a major flip, folks. It's going to be a flip for Mark Kelly. Or against Mark Kelly, I should say. For Blake Masters, who's a a good patriot. He's phenomenal. Last night, there was a tele-rally for Blake Masters and Carrie Lake, both. And sorry for whacking my microphone. Uh, For both of them, uh, Trump did a tele-rally, and it was a fantastic tele-rally. Number four is is Wisconsin. If you can't tell, this is a CNN uh, post. Wish casting to the finest. Uh, Ron John's going to win by like eight points. Uh, Number three is Georgia. Completely toss up. And Herschel Walker's going to win by about two points. Hopefully avoiding a runoff. I don't see it happening at this point. But hopefully he will be avoiding a runoff. And what's all that noise? (laughs) Avoiding a runoff. And hopefully winning the race. Nevada is number two. That would be a Republican flip. As would Georgia and as would Arizona. A flip to the Republican Party. Adam Laxall is, I said this on Tuesday, so I'm not going to get into it too far, the most prepared candidate in the nation to run. And number one, it's Pennsylvania, where Dr. Oz is leading. So if you if you take these in, into account, so Republican Matt Toomey is retiring. He's not going to flip. Um, Nevada's going to flip. That's plus one. Georgia's going to flip. That's plus two. Wisconsin's going to say the same. Arizona's going to flip. That's three. And New Hampshire's going to flip. That's four. And uh, let's see here. It, just in case Joe D wins, that's five seats. Flipped. That's where we stand as a country. That's where we stand as a Republican Party and a nation. I'm very excited for that. And Masters, while we're talking about Masters, uh, he said he's going to be prepared to be a thorn in the side of uh, Majority Leader or Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. He said in an interview with Daily Mail that he sees Arizona Senator Christian Cinema or Kyrsten Cinema as an example of being willing to hold on principle and get desired legislation. Majority Leader said, um, Masters said, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer owns kelly but does not own cinema he said he's prepared to block legislation until the southern border with mexico is secure i'm not the biggest kirsten cinema fan but if we have a republican kirsten cinema standing up to mitch mcconnell that's what we need the senate currently is owned by mitch mcconnell i mean very few are outside of his bubble rand paul is kind of there like 75 percent of the time he's there but willing to stand by and be a thorn in Mitch McConnell's side is what the Republicans need. And that man is Blake Masters. I mean, I, I was trying to get him on the program before the election. I don't see that happening now. But I mean, he's phenomenal. He is fantastic. And he's going to win. And I want to talk about Ohio here. In the Ohio segment, we have like six minutes left of the program for this election cycle. That's very sad to say. I mean, we're, we're departing from this election cycle. With confidence. But I want to talk about Ohio first. Tim Ryan says Democrats who refuse to debate ahead of the midterms should have some guts. This man that could have owned this bad during the debate is saying have some guts. Thank you, we
3: have a so the, we have a. hold on JD stop No this is me. this is disgusting would like to here, get here, here's exactly what happens when the media and people like Tim Ryan accuse me of engaging in the great, great replacement theory I'll you tell exactly, peddling it. I'll you, tell you peddling exactly that. what happens Tim what happens is that my own children my biracial children get attacked by scumbags online and in person because you are so desperate for political power that you'll accuse me the father of three beautiful biracial babies of engaging in racism. We are sick of it. You can believe in a border without being a racist. You can believe
1: in the I don't know where that clip went. Are you kidding me? But that was a good clip. I mean, I mean that's it's pretty I would like to finish it. I think we're about here.
3: Biracial babies of engaging in racism. We are sick of it. You can believe in a border without being a racist. You can believe in the the country without being a racist. And this just shows how desperate this guy is for political power. I know you've been in office for twenty years, Tim, and I know it's a sweet gig. But you're so desperate not to have a real job that you'll slander me and slander my family. It's disgraceful.
1: That's our next U.S. senator from Ohio, JD Vance, and that man is telling his fellow Democrats, to have some guts. So he was on CNN this morning, this morning. Um, Don Lemon asked Ryan if more Democrats should appear on conservative news outlets to address tough questions after he was on um, on um, a Fox News Town Hall. And of course, there's not a clip in here. Thank you, The Hill, for being so great with clips. That was sarcasm intended. Have some guts. Look, you have to lead. The moment right now is calling for leadership. It's calling for citizenship. People are tired of the hate, high, uh, tired of the anger, tired of the fear, and tired of the division. Should not be afraid of going into the environment like Fox News. Democrats should not. And tell the importance of building reform and caring for one another for the sake of future generations. All right. So, so that's Tim Ryan. His his parting message from the conservative crusader for this election cycle, when he's going to lose by ten points and get sent back to Youngstown, where he came from. So, I I want to go just a little bit deeper into this Trump rally. I want to say he's going to be there. What's going to happen? It is on November seventh. White Wright Brothers Arrow, Inc. at Dayton International Airport, thirty seven hundred Macaulay Drive, Vandalia, Ohio four five three seven seven. Special guest speakers: the whole lineup. Mister J D. Vance, Representative Jim Jordan, Representative Mike Turner, Representative and maybe future Senator Warren uh, Warren Davidson my friend, Representative Mike Carey, uh, the Honorable Max Miller from Ohio's 7th District, and a friend of the program, J.R. Majewski, are all their, their outlined guest speakers. So I was watching a little bit of the Iowa rally before I came on the air tonight, and Marjorie Taylor Greene was speaking. So I went back and looked and seen, well, is she on the list of, of speakers? Is she going to be there according to the special guest list? And that list was Chairman uh, Dan Letterman of the... South Dakota Republican Party, Brenna Burr uh, who, Bird, who is the Attorney General nominee, Chairman of the Republican Party of Iowa. Uh, Terry Brad Brandstad is the former Governor of Iowa. The Matt Whitaker and just just saying that, no, she wasn't on there. So this rally is going to be packed. We're going to have possibly MTG, Mike Lindell, some fantastic MAGA folks are going to be there. I urge you all, if you can, get out there and support Republican candidates on November 8th and support them in person at the rally on November 7th. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for being here, listening to this program on our last edition before the 2022 midterms. going to have a program on Wednesday the 9th. If everything goes well, everything goes for planned, we'll have it on Wednesday the 9th. With your recap, don't expect to know Pennsylvania by then because they're going to fraud that as much as they can. Don't expect to know Nevada, then, or many of the very close races. We'll get back with you on Tuesday with those, the 15th. Actually, no, not the 15th. We'll be back the 22nd at that point. So we thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you all very soon. Get out and vote on November 8th, America. The country depends on it.
0: You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.